Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. As I was uh, preparing for the message this weekend, I recalled a memory about a, uh, a dear friend of mine that had gone to this men's retreat. I think this happened probably, it had to have been 10 to 15 years ago. And he was so excited about this particular weekend, this particular men's retreat, because the whole focus for the weekend was going to be on hearing from God. And he could not wait to get there. He could not wait to hear what God had for him. And then when he came back from the retreat, I remember catching up with him and I wanted to hear from him, like, how'd it go? So what what did you hear? What was the weekend like? And I think that after that question, if he could have cried right there on the spot, he would have. And I think actually after he stopped to choke back a tear and I waited for the crack in his voice to pass, he just simply said, said, I spent every moment of the weekend waiting to hear something. I was straining and I was focusing and I just walked away from the weekend and I felt like I had never heard a single thing from the Lord. I'll never forget that instance. I could tell you right where we were standing out in the Welcome Center when we had that conversation. I could probably take you within a couple feet of where we had that conversation because it made such a huge impact on me. And I could still feel as heartbroken today when he said that as when I remember it back then. I wasn't at the retreat. I have no idea what went on or what was taught or how it went. I just remember thinking that after I heard that, I just thought in no way would Jesus make it that hard on any of us to hear from him. He is this relational God that he loves us enough that he wants to talk with you and I, and he wants to do that on a daily basis. Made me think of one of my favorite hymns, Um, in the garden where in the chorus of that song we're reminded where it says and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own tells us that you and I are worth speaking to we are worth God speaking to us there's a story in first Samuel where God is speaking to the boy Samuel is the way scripture reads. And every time I think about that story, of all the parts of it, that's what I go back to. That's what had a grip on me. That's what strikes me, is that he would speak to the boy, Samuel. And I hope when you start to think about that, that stirs something in you. Because it shows us that God doesn't just reserve his voice for the spiritual giants in our life, that he doesn't just reserve his voice for the missionaries or for the nationally known speakers or the pastors or those who've been following Jesus for years and years, right? He would speak to the boy, Samuel. And that right where you're at in your life today, you are worth speaking to. First and foremost, God is interested in you. He is interested in a relationship with you. And that relationship can be a conversational one. Besides Samuel, you can probably recall all of the examples from Scripture where God has spoken to the likes of Moses and Abraham and Elijah and Joshua and Isaiah. That whole list can go on and on. And so in order for us to believe that that happened to those biblical characters that we read about in Scripture... It's there so that we can identify with them. It's also there in in a small part to say, 
wow, so it's really awesome that God would speak to those people. But in a way, the other part that we take away from that is, is that we can't put those people on such a high pedestal that we think that the only way that that happened is because it happened to them or that it could never happen to us. James 5.17 reminds us of this when it says, uh, and I, I love the first part of this verse the most, where it says, Elijah was just a man like us, right? He is just a created being like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. But Elijah was in that list of people that God spoke to, and he is just a being just like us. That a God who loves us all and is absolutely for us all, that died for all of us would want to have a relationship with us. And that he couldn't help but want to speak to us. That a God just as much as he spoke then, speaks today. And that when we need to hear the words of life and love, he has them for us. That when we need to know without a doubt whatsoever that God notices us and that he knows us, he tells us that. That when we ask for guidance, we find it. That when we ask God to speak to us regarding some of those big life questions and decisions, he not only hears us, but he speaks back to us regarding those. God, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? Where should I go to school? Should I take this job? Is there something better out there on the horizon? God, who should I marry? God, what even would you have just for me to do just this day? Is it really possible that we could know all of those things? Is it really possible to recognize God's voice speaking to us in all of these areas? And if it is, what would it sound like? Jesus reminds us and he tells us in John 10, 27, he says, my sheep, which is all of us, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. Folks, for us, when God speaks to us and when he does it out of his word, this is our daily bread. It's daily bread that he offers for us. Exodus 16.4 says this. It says, then the, Lord then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Matthew 6.11, right from the Lord's prayer. Lord, or, uh, give us this day our daily bread. So I believe in those scriptures, it's talking about manna. I believe it's talking about provision. But I also believe that the Bible is also bread for you and I. And I'll explain that in just a bit here. And here's why I think it's so vital that we are in the word every single day. You know, when Carl is up here, he is always so good about reminding us of this. And if you listen to his messages closely, if you listen in there, oftentimes you'll hear Carl, he'll talk to us, he'll teach us about something that he's been reading in his own personal time with the Lord, seeking out his own daily bread. You know, Carl doesn't just wake up on a Monday when the weekend is over and focus every bit of his time in Scripture for the message on the weekend, right? He's looking for his daily bread. When we know that week in, week out, he always shares something with us amazing on the weekends. But we can't not look for our own daily bread during the week so that we are feeding ourselves and not just relying on what Carl has for us. I think we have got to be in his word every day because I truly think he has something for us. He has daily bread for us when we go to his word. When I think back to my friend who spent that whole men's retreat, 
that whole weekend and felt that he came away and God never spoke to him. It makes me think how I try to look to approach scripture for my own daily bread. And so I want to go over a little exercise, a little example for you this weekend. And if you already have a great plan, if you already you know, have a quiet time, a time with the Lord where you're in the word and you just feel, man, every time I'm there, he meets with me. That's awesome. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. I just want to share something that works for me. And, or if you've been in a little bit of a rut and you need something new, something to just change things up, I want to share something with you this morning. And the reason why this example works so well for me is because I am um, 99% left-brained. My left brain is fully developed. If you did like a scan, the right side of my brain would look like a raisin. And um, so that's why this works really, really well for me. And so what I did is, months and months ago, I asked three different staff members to submit three different sections of scripture for me this weekend. So what they're going to put up on the screens here in just a moment, um, I will have not seen until this goes up on the screen. Just like when I walked in and I did last night's service, there was an example of some scripture that came up on the screen that I hadn't seen until that moment. So I'm going out on a, on a faith limb here with you this week, and I'm trusting God to provide his daily bread for me in each and every service this weekend without knowing what's going to go up on the screens. Now, full disclosure, when I emailed the staff, I also said, please be nice to me when you think about this weekend. Please give me something that I can work with here. And so um, Carl was the first one to email me back, and actually his scripture was what came up last night. And so when he emails me back, he emails me something that says, hey, going into that weekend, you may want to uh, brush up on this little scripture for the context of your weekend. I can't even think of what the uh, reference was, but I go to it, and immediately I read it when I see it. And I just stood there at my desk, and I was like, I mean, I think I literally broke out in a sweat. And so I popped my head in his office, and I was like, so, Carl, what, what's up with this scripture you share with me? Um, it's about bald-headed people and killer bears. <laughs> and so when he laughed and smiled, I knew that he was letting me off the hook and that he wasn't really going to share that. But he said, I will tell you this. Moral of the story, bottom line is, be nice to bald people. That, <laughs> that was the word of wisdom that he had to pass along. So let's look at this second set of verses. Um, so last night uh, came from Carl. Um, this morning, um, it's either going to be from Rennell or it's going to be from Sarah Nichols. And so as this comes up, uh, if you'll give me just a moment to read through this, because I want to start to kind of show you what this process could look like. Okay, Rennell, okay. All right. Okay, so the way that I approach this is, whether it's a couple of verses, whether you're looking into a chapter, whatever it might be, um, and there's an acronym in your bulletin for this, it's the acronym of SOAP. And so I'll go through each letter for you. And so out of this, the first thing that I do is I wanna look at what scripture, that's the S, what scripture stands out to me out of this? And then sometimes I'll write that down or I'll just focus in on that scripture right there. So out of these two verses. Okay. So 
I'm going to go with the first verse, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And so that's a scripture that stands out to me out of those two right there. So then I move on to letter O, and that is observation. So what do I observe about that scripture? What is it that kind of stands out for me there? And so it takes me back to when I was a uh, freshman in college and I went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp on the weekend. I was not a a Christian going into college, Um, had some great friends around me, um, and they were always just just there. They they were uh, Christians, and so they invited me to this camp. And so it was at that camp, my freshman year of college, at this FCA camp, uh, that I gave my life to Christ. And that's when I feel so God rescued me out of the dominion of darkness, and he brought me into the kingdom right then and there when I believed in Christ. At that moment, I knew that I was saved. I knew that my eternity was secure. So that's what I observed about that verse, okay? So now moving on, letter A, application. So how do I apply that to my life? How do I apply being rescued from the dominion of darkness and knowing that I was brought into the kingdom? One, first of all, I am so grateful for the friends that were around me that kept working on me to get me to that FCA retreat. So I'm applying that to be, I'm gonna be grateful. The other part is, of that is that I'm gonna apply this um, to my life in always trying to remember that being brought into the kingdom makes me a son of the king, makes me part of God's family. And so I'm gonna be grateful. I'm gonna remember where it is that God has me. If I'm having a rough day, it's like, oh yeah, remember that? Remember that you were rescued out of that? Remember that you are a child of God? You are a child of the King? So that's the application. And the last one, last one, letter P, is prayer. So how do I turn that into a prayer? And I'm just gonna just do that right before you this morning. So, Lord, um, I know you had a plan for me to leave here out of high school to go to a small college in Nebraska. Um, And Lord, I know that your biggest plan for me there was to come to know you. And so thank you for bringing me there. Thank you for providing the people around me that would show me who you were. So Lord, that I could enter into and be part of your family and for your saving grace on my life. And I pray those things in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's a process that works for me. And I really believe it could be that simple. I believe that what God has for that, like like that set of verses right there, that's the daily bread that he had for me this morning. And I would think if God has daily bread for us, why would he make it so hard for us to hear from him? Especially when there is something daily that it just shouldn't have to be that difficult for us to hear from him. So I want to show you a little illustration here this morning. So what I have in my hand here is extremely rare this morning. I told Eric, when you're you're bringing that little podium up, I said, do not let this thing fall on the ground. This thing has to you know, be up here pristine and ready. And so this thing is so rare that my guess is that most of you have never seen one of these things before. That where you're sitting 
you, you can't even recognize what this is. So I'm just gonna, I know you can kind of see it on the screens and in my hands, so I'm just gonna, just gonna pan it around real, really slowly here so you can kind of get a, a good look at this because I know it's just hardly recognizable for you. And so what I wanna do is identify this unrecognizable object for you and just let you know that this amazing thing that I'm holding is a perfectly folded fitted sheet. <laughs> right? Hardly recognizable. Probably there's not a single one of these in your home right now. The thing is as rare as the sighting of a snow leopard, it's as rare as finding a four-leaf clover. It's as rare as being able to eat only one potato chip. It's as rare as the Rockies making the playoffs. And I'll stop there, I'll stop there. But hearing from God doesn't have to be as difficult as folding a fitted sheet. Because once this happens, I know, gasps. There was a lady who almost fainted last night. Actually, after service, there was a lady that came up to me and said, you know, I have a hidden talent that I can fold a fitted sheet perfectly. That's, that's rare indeed. But what happens is when this thing comes out of the package, when this happens right here, when it goes on the bed, when it goes through the laundry, that's it. it it's over. It doesn't matter if you spend all day or if you pull all your family and you do the little thing of, well, I know that you're supposed to tuck the one corner, and then you go to the other. It's just over. And the only way to, to deal with this is to open up the hall closet, to go like that, and to throw it in and to close the door. See, I think that hearing from God can be more like folding the pillowcase. Take this thing out in a couple little steps here. You have this thing. And it looks like it came out of the package. I think that can be more like what it is to hear from God because I think he wants to be in such conversation with us that he's not gonna make it a chore for us, that he's not gonna make it so frustrating for us that in the end, we would give up trying to seek him. We would give up trying to hear from him when he has something to give us every day. He has daily bread for us. Um, by the way, that's a, a queen size fitted sheet, so if any of you need that, you're welcome to take it. Um, I'm not gonna wrestle with it because I got another brand new one in my office for the 11 o'clock. The, uh, the last night's is piled over there. <laughs> Psalm 68:19 says, "Blessed be the Lord who loads us with daily, or who, who, who daily loads us with benefits. Daily bread, daily benefits. What if we made a commitment to read our Bibles every day? Nowadays we know that the access and the availability that we have that is closer than ever because it's on our phones. We keep those always close to us. They're probably in our back pockets, but yet that doesn't guarantee our increase of the time that we spend in God's word. Actually, only 18% of people who follow Jesus read their Bible daily. 22% read it weekly. 60% rarely read the word. And we can access it from our phones. It's a sad, sad statistic, but sad but true. 
This daily bread gives us guidance about those big questions that I mentioned earlier, jobs, relationships, other life directions. And I'll briefly touch on this for a moment. Carl and I were having a conversation about this message this weekend, and I loved his insight and I loved his input and perspective on this as he was saying that when we are taking in God's daily bread that he has for us, that it has to come um, under our will or under his will and his agenda and not our will and agenda. So what if we are seeking, we're praying, we're reading his word diligently, and and we're focusing on some big life transition, some work-related situation. And every time we go to look about and study about those things and hear from God about those things, we walk away with, and God, we, we feel like God is impressing us and says, hey, I need you to love your wife. Hey, I need you to connect with your husband more. We shouldn't walk away from that time and say, oh, come on, that, that can't be it, Lord. You're giving me the wrong bread here. I am looking for this. You're giving me this. I think this causes us to trust him more as well, doesn't it? That maybe the most important thing isn't a big life transition. Maybe the most important thing isn't some work-related situation, but it is loving our wife, nor it is connecting with our husband more. And Carl said, then what if we're up against this really big deadline and we have to hear from him by Monday and there's not this sky opening or this you know, cloud parting kind of moment that happens and Carl would say, then you know what? God is going to be pleased and he's going to be proud of us when we go with our best inclination on that situation. Or if we don't know what to do, let's always do the most good. Not only does God offer us guidance from his daily bread, but he offers us a powerful bread as well. Matthew 4, verses 3 through 4, read this way. It says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And Jesus had just been fasting for 40 days here. But then Jesus answers and said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but upon every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's awesome here that this scripture is powerful, that it can help us overcome temptation. It's vital bread for us, God's word. And some of you might be thinking, hey, I don't even really know like, where to start. I don't know what Bible I should get, what kind of Bible, what kind of translation. So I just want to share with you just a couple thoughts on those here this morning. First of all, there's two different types of translations out there. And you might be end up wanting um, a couple of each if you want a, like a physical Bible. I mean, you can find all those translations, you know, on your phone as well. But if you want to buy a physical Bible to have, in the end, as you collect these, you may want to own a couple of these. So the first one is called an exact equivalency. And so that means that an exact equivalency translates the original language. When the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek, this translation translates that for us to read word by word, okay? Word for word is this kind of translation. Examples of this might be um, a New King James Version, New American Standard Version, English Standard Version. And so if you wanted to study the Bible deeply, these would be great examples for you to go to. It doesn't mean that they're any better than the other ones. It just means that they could be used for a different purpose. The second one is called a dynamic equivalency. And that means that it translates the phrase or the thought, not word by word, but it translates a phrase, it translates a thought. And those 
kind of translations would include, like the New Living Translation, the New International Version, even the message. The message is considered a dynamic equivalency. It's so easy to understand, so easy to read, fun to read. Yes, the Bible could actually be fun to read, and the message is a great um, you know, translation to have in your, um, into your collection. Whatever those translations you choose, if you have them already, whatever you choose, when you read those, you are taking in the true bread, the true words of Jesus. So check this part in scripture out that I'm gonna to read to you now. Um, this comes out of an exact equivalency translation. So John 6, 31 through 35 says, and what I want you to re, uh, focus in on as I'm reading these to you, focus in on the references to uh, bread in these scriptures. So our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God, that which comes down out of heaven, gives life to the world, right? That sounds like Jesus, right? And then he said to them, and I love, the, I love their response to Jesus. It's like, Lord, always give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry. The one who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now skipping ahead away to verse 48 and beyond. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down out of heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Full of grace and full of truth. So why am I stringing all these verses together to you as I kind of bring this thing to a close? What's the point maybe of this whole message? Probably just this right here, is that when you and I read the Bible, you and I are taking in Jesus. The more we read the Bible, the more he gets into us, the more that we can be like him. So much less of who we are, so much more of who he is. Think about how that would impact our lives if there was far, far less of us in the way and more of Jesus that kept showing up. What would our relationships look like? What would our interactions with people look like? Just our daily lives, what would those things look like if we looked for and we paid attention to the daily bread that he has for us every single day? I know when this message was coming up and I was kind of looking at the layout of the weekend and I knew, hey, this is happening on the first weekend of the month where we get to take communion together. And I'm thinking, bread, bread and communion. I think this weekend may have the potential 
to be one of the most special communion weekends that we've had here at Grace. And so like normal around the auditorium, we've got the tables that are set up for you um, with the juice or the wine. And we know that that represents the blood that was shed for us and the work that Jesus did for us on the cross. This weekend on the tables, in addition to the juice, we have fresh, warm bread. That, that lady right there has put a lot of time into. Amy, thank you for making this happen. We know that the bread reminds us of the body of Christ, which was given, which was broken for us. But this weekend, as you make your way around the tables, would you think about it also as your daily bread? Not only for the kind of the normal symbols of communion, but like this is daily bread. I need this daily bread. I need to look for this. One other cool, interesting note. Do you know that the uh, birthplace of Jesus, Bethlehem, actually means house of bread? That the bread of life came from the house of bread. When we read God's word, we're taking in Jesus. Not only for you and I, but so that we can pass that along. What if, what if, what if the church, we, if we thought this, like, this was like a little uh, bread factory, that we're making sure that we're getting our daily bread, our fresh bread that God has for us, so that we can get it to satisfy what we need, so that we can hear from Him, and so that we can take that fresh bread and then in turn offer that to a world that desperately needs it to a world that desperately needs an encounter from what we can offer them on behalf of Jesus. And they need this encounter from the bread of life. So if you would think about those things as you are remembering and you are taking the bread and you are taking the juice this morning. In fact, if you would stand with me as we bring things to a close, just a moment, the team's gonna come back out. They're gonna close us out here this morning with one more song and just as you're ready make your way around to the tables and remember this weekend and let me close out our time in prayer god i thank you that um lord you as big and amazing and majestic as you are um lord you have daily bread you want to connect with every single one of us here on a personal level, that you have a message, that you have something to build us up, to remind us of something, to make us remember something, but that you do these things, Lord, to connect with your kids. First and foremost, you love us, Lord. You wanna connect with your kids. You wanna speak to them. You wanna offer fresh bread to us in the midst of whether things are going well, where things are kind of going rough, Lord. And so we want to just say, we want to be open. We want to be in a spot where our minds are open, our hearts are open to be sensitive to that bread that you have for us and to be grateful for that and to say, thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we love you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.